Have you ever worshipped an idol? Now, you may be thinking in the form of a statue, but it could be anything that you worship or has far too high of a pedestal in your life. Boy, that opens up the possibilities, huh? All right, let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, and today we're going to explore the story of a man whose life was so drowned in his idolized substances that he was too ashamed to even look himself in the mirror. And what do you do when you get to that point? We'll be looking at this and more on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because it's that time again. We are going to give you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize you're really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The classic true story of Jimmy Rowe. Have you found Dad? No. I've called everyone I can think of. No one's seen him. It's been a week, Mom. Something's happened to him. He took my 401k check. The money's gone. But you were counting on that to pay the bills. And I just found out that he took your grandmother's bank card and spent her money, too, when he was gone last time. How could he do that? He's sick, honey. He's not sick. He's a crack addict. Surely not. He is, Mama. Why do you think I give you my car keys? He takes them along with all my money. Oh, it's so hard to believe all of this. We followed him. So we know it's true. He told me he was getting help, going to a rehab service. He lies, Mama. He lies all the time. We've got to find him before something worse happens. Jimmy, we've been looking all over for you. Get in the car. I don't feel so good. I wonder why. I can't take it anymore, Jimmy. The lies, the bad checks, the stealing. And now this? We didn't know if you were dead or alive. Eight days. I'm sorry, Patty. I don't even know who I'm married to anymore. You've got to get help or, or else. The man in our story was 42 years old at this tipping point in his life. For 30 years, he had been addicted to drugs and alcohol. This is the story of who helped him overcome the addiction and deception. It's the true testimony of Jimmy Rowe, right now on Unshackled. I was seven the last time I saw my father as he left for a second tour in Vietnam. He and mom divorced and he never came to see me again, even though he sometimes visited his family in our West Virginia coal mining town. I hardened my heart to the idea of a dad and looked to my uncle and grandpa's role models. They smoked and drank, so I did too. I was 12 when someone offered me $5 to carry a small bag to another guy. Here's your money, Jimmy. But don't tell your mom about this, okay? I won't. What's in that bag, anyway? Weed. Weed? You've heard of pot, haven't you? Sure. Ever tried it? No. I drink my grandpa's moonshine, though. This is better than moonshine, Jimmy. This makes you feel real good. 
Within two days, I was smoking pot. I'd already tried sniffing glue and huffing gas. Mom was a police officer, but she also worked another job and was too busy to notice my activities. School was fine until I got to eighth grade. From then on, I just did enough to get by. I met Patty when I was 13, and I started calling her when I was 16. We talked on the phone a lot. How was the wrestling match? Fun. You must have won. I did. Then we all went out and got blasted. How do you do that when you're all underage? We don't go to bars, Patty. We sit by the old car wash and drink, sometimes all night. That's probably safer than going to bars. There was a shooting in one last night, I heard. Yeah, Mom told me about it. Did you go to church today? Yeah, me and my hangover. Jimmy, there's more to life than parties and getting drunk. From the beginning, Patty seemed right for me. But we didn't date because she was three years younger than I. In spite of my wasted nights boozing with friends, I graduated with a vocational diploma and took a job at minimum wage, just enough to pay homage to my idols, alcohol and drugs. I was 19 when I saw Patty walking down the street one day and stopped to ask if I could come see her. Sit down, Jimmy. Let's go somewhere else so we can talk. Daddy won't let me. Yeah, why not? He says your reputation is too wild. That's why I wanted to see you, Patty. You're good for me. If you be my girl, my life would change for the better. All you have to do is ask the Lord to help you, Jimmy. But I need you, too. You're the one for me, Patty. I've always known it ever since I first met you. I felt the same way about you, but... Then be my girl. I love you. I want to marry you someday, honey. I need to settle down, and you're a good influence on me. I don't know what Daddy will say, but... Okay. I gave her a promise ring that Christmas, but her dad still wouldn't let me take her out of the house. He was a hard-working coal miner who didn't suffer fools, and I was a fool. The following Christmas, I bought an engagement ring and worked up the courage to approach her dad. You want to see me, boy? Yes, sir. I bought an engagement ring, and I'd like to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. Hmm, grow up. I'm 20 now. I've seen 12-year-olds with more sense. I know your reputation, boy. I love Patty, and I'll take care of her. That's a promise. Patty told me that every time I left her house, her father would say, Did you tell that boy not to come back? But I kept going back and we finally married in 1983 after she finished high school. I earned his grudging respect because I worked hard and took care of my family even after our two daughters were born. But my bad behavior continued and was getting the best of me. That's your third beer since supper, Jimmy. So? It's not a good example to the girls. And neither is that smelly cigarette. They're too little to notice. You need to be a good example to them, honey. You said you'd settle down when we got married. I'll settle down when I'm 30. At least go to church with us on Sunday. Can't. I have an errand to run. Jimmy, you need the Lord. He can help you stop drinking. I've seen too many people get in and out of church almost like they're getting in and out of a car. It's just a quick ride to where they're going. They're going to hell if they're not saved. Going to church won't fool the Lord. He knows everyone who belongs to him. Now you sound like mom. It's true. You need the Lord. 
Christians aren't perfect, but they try to please the Lord. Besides, you shouldn't look at them. Look at Jesus. He's the only perfect man. He wasn't perfect either. You don't know what you're saying. Jesus is the Son of God, and he had to be perfect so he could die to pay for our sins. I actually believed that God was letting me have a successful drug business. Although I worked on a survey crew, most of my money came from illegal drug sales. But West Virginia was depressed and very few jobs had benefits. 1990 came. You want to move to North Carolina? Why? Jobs are more plentiful there, Patty. I've worked five years without any benefits. Your mom won't be happy if we leave. Yeah, I already talked to her, and she doesn't understand at all, but she'll come around. She'll move there, too. Reckon your mind is made up. The girls are starting school, and we need more security for them. You're right about that. And it won't hurt you to get away from those drinking buddies, either. Druggies can always find like-minded people. After we moved to North Carolina, my drug business surged to 45 customers in the surrounding states. I didn't realize the wickedness and destruction I was a part of because my mind was warped by my personal use of drugs. Five years later, in addition to my drug sales, I worked third shift as a supervisor at a factory. Everything okay? Yeah, sure is, Jimmy. You still taking classes in law enforcement? Yep, I plan to join the police force. My mother was a cop back home, but she moved here to be close to me and the grandkids, and I have an uncle who's chief of police. I didn't know that. Got a cousin who's a police officer, too. So my family's really into the law. Oh, they're wasting their time <laughs> looking at you. Who? With a drug task force. Me? Good luck to them. I'm clean. Unaware of my dope selling, his tip saved me. I cleaned out everything, and when the sheriff came with their drug-sniffing dogs, I dared them to find anything. They didn't. I transferred my drug business to a trusted client who gave me a share of the profits for a while. Then I got into pharmaceuticals, moving them to other states. I made lots of money. Naturally, I began to wonder why people took those pills and tried some myself. Soon, I was addicted to OxyContin, a synthetic heroin. Folks, we'll get back to Jimmy's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. And then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled. We take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. 
We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the classic story of Jimmy Rowe. For four years, I was addicted to painkillers. And when OxyContin rose in price, I was in trouble. I used up my profits. When I was out of pills, I became physically ill. Aren't you going to work? I'm sick, Patty. What's wrong? Can't explain. I just hurt all over. Maybe you should see a doctor. No, it'll pass. How do you know? I just know. Honey, I can go out and get you some meds if you think it'll help. No, I don't want to get addicted to taking pills. Now let me alone, okay? Finally, I decided to stop using the pills and wean myself off them, suffering withdrawals for four months. But even when I was clean again, I felt dissatisfied with the emptiness of life. I stopped by a friend's house one night. Hey, how's it going, Jimmy? I'm at loose ends. What are you guys up to? Ah, uh, doing a little cocaine. Is it hard to get? Not with the right connections. <laughs> I knew in high school I liked that stuff, but I couldn't afford it. Yeah, it's cheap enough to try, but the upkeep will bleed you dry. I don't recommend getting started, Jimmy. I can use it once. Uh, you don't use cocaine. It uses you. Consumes you. Wish I'd never tried it. He was right about that. While learning how to use it, I spent $10 a day. But that didn't last. I started using pills again and lost a good-paying job. Found another one. But I indulged in two narcotics and didn't perform well. My attendance fell and I was drug tested. When they found opiates, cocaine, and marijuana in my system, I was fired. I drew unemployment. Patty was so naive, she believed all my lies. Sometimes I felt bad, but it was too late. I was hooked. Found a job yet, Dad? Nah. I keep looking, but nothing yet. Good thing unemployment runs for a year. Good thing Mom's working, too. Yeah, she's a good woman, your mama. I kind of like you, too, Dad. Thank you, sweetie. You ever smoke pot? <laughs> uh, why'd you ask? Just curious. Want the truth? Better believe it. I tried it. Want to smoke some with me? With you? I've smoked it for a long time. It won't hurt you. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. But it's not the kind of thing you ask your dad. Just don't use anything stronger, okay? I never have, and neither should you. Lying came easily to me. I thought I was a cool dad, smoking pot with my daughters. What a fool I was to lead them into the same lifestyle that was destroying me. Easy access to crack made me put aside the other drugs, and... My crack use jumped from 40 to $100 a day. All I could get, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Nothing else in life mattered, nothing. After three years, I showed the effects. Look at you, Jimmy. Your skin and bones. You gotta eat something. I'm not hungry. Hey! Are you on drugs or something? No! I wish you'd go to a doctor and find out what's wrong. Nothing's wrong, I'm just... Depressed, I guess. You don't have to tell me that. The yard's a mess. The house is falling apart. The cars need work. And you have the time to do those things, but you don't. No inclination, Patty. I'm tired all the time. We can't go on like this, Jimmy. Get some help. 
At least go to church with me on Sunday. I know the Lord can help you. I don't feel like it. You told me you'd change when you were 30. Now you're 40. How much longer, Jimmy? I don't know. Please don't bug me, honey. You need to give your heart to Jesus. He's waiting for you, Jimmy. I'd gone to church with Patty sometimes and felt strong convictions, but rejected the opportunity to be saved. Instead, I wallowed back to the pig pen of my desires and tried to forget about God and where my eternal destiny would be without Him. The electricity was shut off for non-payment, my insurance lapsed, and I started writing bad checks. One night, a friend dropped by and we sat on the back porch smoking. Oh, I sure wish I had some money to buy dope. Me too. Can't even borrow from our friend Brady. He lost his business. Can't even steal from my daughter. I took all she had this morning. Uh, I don't know about you, Jimmy, but my life's a mess. So what else is new? I'd give anything to be free of this monkey on my back. Yeah. All I think about is how to get more. I sure wish I hadn't gone back to it. I was clean for a while. Yeah, you tried to warn me, but I wouldn't listen. Look at us, broke and hopeless. There's no way to end this craving, no way out. Not without the Lord's help. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way. Patty didn't want to believe what others were telling her. She accepted my lies. My daughters, on the other hand, knew better. On Father's Day in 2004, my oldest daughter invited me out for a game of table tennis and then confronted me. You sure you want to do this, kid? You can't beat me. I'm the champ, remember? Dad, you gotta tell Mom the truth. What are you talking about? You're using crack cocaine. Get out of here. We followed you. We watched you go into those crack houses. Don't try to deny it anymore. You're wrong. I have a friend who uses it. I was just trying to help him. Stop lying, Dad. Look, you have no right to interfere in my life. Yes, we do. Mom deserves better. Either you tell her the truth or we will. Why did you pull off the road? I want the truth, Jimmy. The girls told me they followed you around like detectives, and they're positive you're a crack addict. Is it true? Uh, I've been smoking some. What are we gonna do? Don't worry. I'll start going to the rehab meetings. I'll quit using the stuff. I went to the meetings, but ended up smoking crack with the guy who ran them. During that time, an old friend of mine got out of jail where he had professed faith in Christ. He invited me to go to a midweek service with him, and for some strange reason, I did. Jesus said, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Folks, Jesus is calling you now. We see his handiwork in creation. We see his loving kindness, his mercy in the cross. He gave his lifeblood for your sins so you could be washed whiter than snow. You think you have no sin? Well, let me tell you what God says through the prophet Jeremiah. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Check for yourself, chapter 17, verse 9. But Jesus came to give you a new heart one filled with his Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be born again. 
The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, including your heart. Jesus is calling you now to follow him and to have a more satisfying life. He said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Come forward now and surrender your heart and life to Jesus. Repent of your sin and ask him to give you a new life. I resisted God's call just as I always did, but I couldn't forget his offer of salvation. A month passed, and Patty borrowed from her 401k to pay the bills. While waiting for that check to come in, I snuck into Mom's house and stole all her cash. Later that night, I went back and stole her debit card and left for four days. When my wife's 401k check arrived, I was home, so I cashed the check. I was hearing only the internal voice of my drug demon. You're just gonna do a little, Jimmy. Just a little. You can put the rest back in the bank and Patty will never know. I was gone a week and blew it all. I tried to call home, but I was so ashamed I couldn't even dial the number. I dialed mom's number instead and hearing her voice, I hung up. I ended up in a motel about eight miles from home, too ashamed to even look at myself in the mirror. A friend let Patty know where I was, and I hid as they ran through the halls looking for me. Jimmy! Jimmy! Where are you? Don't answer. She just came to get the car. They don't really care about you. Mom, a car just left. I think he heard us and took off. They drove around the motel a few times looking for me. When I stuck my head out to see if they were gone, Patty spotted me. That's when she told me to get in the car. She called a detox center, but they had no room. Then she drove me to a medical facility, but I didn't seem suicidal, so they wouldn't take me. Finally, we went home where I secluded myself in the bedroom. My friend who had taken me to church came by and tried to talk to me. Why do you keep going back to drugs, Jimmy? You're smarter than that. If I can get free of them, so can you. You never get free of them. Uh, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus will set you free. So you say. No. That's what Jesus said. You've just never been tempted. Oh, come on, Jimmy. You know that anyone who's ever used drugs is tempted. I'm tempted every day. And so was Jesus. But you have to resist the devil with the word of God, and he will flee. It's true, Jimmy. Go to church, read the Bible, and turn your life over to Jesus. I fell asleep and woke up early the next morning. My wife was asleep, so I lay there thinking about getting some more crack. Finally, I got up and paced back and forth. All I could think about was buying some crack, but Patty had learned to sleep with her purse under her pillow. Think how good it would feel to get loaded. You can get credit somewhere, 
Check your daughter's room. My daughter was sleeping with her purse under the pillow, too. They had learned. I was considering ways to get to the crack house when Patty got up. Tell her you want to go wash the van. Hurry. Get out of the house. She'll let you come back. You can get away with it again. Throughout the day, I wrestled with myself, wondering how my wife could still love me, waiting and hoping I would change. Only God could help her to love me. I wanted to change, but how could I? I wanted to call the pastor as I thought about the many warnings I had from Patty. All you have to do is ask the Lord to help you, Jimmy. What are you looking for? Someone to help us, a way to get out of debt. Well, I have to get ready for work. Help me, Lord. You said you were going to call that pastor. Did you find him? Yes, he's coming by later. Good. You won't have to be alone. What are you doing, Jimmy? I'm shaving my beard. I'm going to change today, so I'm going to start with my face. God had been dealing with my heart all day, and conviction of sin finally won out. I shaved off my beard and mustache, giving me a clean start. Patty left for work, but my two daughters were there so I wouldn't be alone. Finally, at 9.30 that night, the pastor arrived and talked with me for hours. And so, Jimmy, his love for you is infinite. Infinite? Here, let me read this from the book of John. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Brother Bird, you don't have to tell me what I need. I know it's the Lord that I need. I've already made the decision to surrender my life to Christ. All I need to do is pray in repentance and ask him to save me. With a daughter on each side, I fell on my knees, weeping and praying, asking God to save me, and he did. When Patty called near midnight to check on me, I told her I was saved. The next morning, I called other family members and friends, telling them what the Lord had done for me. That very day, my crack buddy showed up with some cocaine, wanting me to smoke with him. I refused, and that marked the beginning of being an overcomer through Jesus Christ. That was 2004, and I'm now in Bible college so I can help others become unshackled. Jimmy Rowe ministers in jails and nursing homes. He speaks about the truth of God's love, and the power to set people free fills him with passion. That freedom is for you, listening friend. All you have to do is ask God to save you. If you need help in this crucial decision, please get in touch with us at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607, or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org. 
or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for this sweepstakes contest is another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. And it's John 1.29, which proclaims, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's wonderful, isn't it? Well, this plaque is gorgeous, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch. Sawn? Is that a word? Well, it is now. Or log, and cut into such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. And the bark around this one, well, it's gorgeous. This plaque has been handcrafted around the the natural character and beauty of the wood that God created. Now, if you'd like a peek at this scripture plaque, just visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. Unfortunately, we're only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. Your name, phone number, and email. The winner of the sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced June 27th. But the deadline for entry is June 11th. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time... My mother knows this town and the people in it. So she gets to dictate what your wife does? Take her advice. Why? Because she knows. June married well and had the best of everything. Or at least used to. If she's the leading woman in your life, then there's no room for me. What are you saying? That I'll divorce you. June realized too late her willfulness had cut her off from family, love, and security. You can't stay on this bench all night. It's not safe and it'll get too cold. What will I do? There's Pacific Garden Mission down the street. Arriving at the mission with an aggressive determination to let it be known that she was no ordinary person. Well, I hope you don't think I'm an object of charity. June found what she had in common with us all. Charity is another word for love. We're all objects of charity. Don't miss her classic true story, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Jimmy Rowe were Jeff Parker, Elizabeth Argus, Amanda Markeski, Brian Plaharchik, and Jim Poole. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Jim Poole. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Kenitha Gabler. All right, that's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>